Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Dennis Kozlov. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. All right, today I'm going to talk about some basic things. And I love to talk about basics because we need to return to basics on a regular basis because this is the this is the foundation of our growth. So I would like to speak about something very basic. And my first scripture is Romans 14, 17 through 18. By the way, today I apologize. I try to minimize my usage of scriptures in one message. But today there'll be a lot of scriptures. And mainly there'll be the book of Romans. They'll be from the book of Romans. I'm going to camp. I'm going to dwell in the book of Romans with you. And actually, I highly, if anything in today's message resonates in you, please stay, linger, spend some time in the book of Romans in 2022. Get established in what the Bible calls the word of righteousness. Because the book of Romans is a revelation of God's righteousness. The gospel is a good news that comes from God to you in which the righteousness of God is being revealed. Revelation of God's righteousness. So the context of this chapter, I'm going to read this chapter in a minute and we already have it on the screen. The context of this chapter, Paul was talking to people in the church of Rome that he never visited. But he knew, and it was typical of many churches, that there were two groups of believers in that church. One group, he calls them weak in faith. They were very much concerned with the external things like different days of the calendar, different types of food, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do, what you're supposed to eat in certain days, what you're not supposed to eat. And he calls these people weak in faith. He actually appreciates their motives because they want to serve God. He says they do it for the sake of the Lord. They try to please the Lord but for some reason he calls them weak in faith and they have this and there was another group of believers who didn't really care about the different days or different times of the year or different foods. They just enjoyed life and both had wrong attitude towards towards each other one this this people who were concerned with external things they were passing judgment on those who are not like them they were judging them they were accusing them they were thinking that they're not serious about the lord the other group their attitude toward the first group was contempt like heck come on these guys they don't get the gospel so if you study paul himself he actually used to be part of the first group in a big time then he met Jesus. Then he tried to maintain the same lifestyle for Jesus, but it did not work at all. And then he got a major revelation of what the gospel is, and he became more of a second group. But he's, he, he deals with these wrong attitudes. And I'm not going to talk about these wrong attitudes. That's a sermon for another time. But at the end of this conversation, he comes to this succinct, pithy, summary saying and Paul is known for like developing something and then giving you this nugget of gold this 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 crystal that he crystallizes some profound truth that is very important for you and that's exactly what happens in this chapter <clears throat> so he talks about this different kind of people with different kind of attitudes but then he comes to this statement Romans 14 17 18 for the kingdom of God 
is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So he's saying, I know guys, you're arguing about all these external things, but he says that's not what matters. What's most important is the essence of the reality of the kingdom of God in person's life. Christians are called to live in the reality of the kingdom today. And how does this reality manifest? How does it express itself? He says three words righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit so in other words if peace and joy are not noticeable markers of your life you you don't really live and serve god in a way that is pleasing to him and you probably heard a lot of sermons about how we ought to serve Christ with our gifts, with our resources, with our money, with everything we have. And it's all true. But according to this truth, your, your genuine service to Christ, acceptable in God's, God's eyes, only begins when you become peaceful. Only when you be, finally relax and get over your anxieties, you are qualified and able to begin to minister to people and to serve Christ so if you're anxious and you and the church adds to your anxiety you're disqualified peace that's the foundation of your service to God and ministry to others the same way with joy joy so and so these three words righteousness peace and joy and we can relate to peace and joy mainly because of the lack of them in our life you're right so we know peace but only in the moments short moments of peace every once in a while visit us and we go feel so peaceful i wish it never stops i wish i can just stay here in this place of peace i don't know what it is but like sometimes you get or joy i mean every once in a while you just Ooh, something bubbles up on you like ha, 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 ha. I can still rejoice I'm not old I can still smile I can and it comes from within it's awesome but that's not most of the times so we kind of know the relevance of those things by their lack in people's lives in our lives but this this third word righteousness we kind of dismiss because it's it's, it's kind of a like we tend to dismiss it as a ethereal bible abstract unpractical word like what else uh, righteousness uh, justification whatever sanctification we, we don't like those theology words so and um, please take me right don't take me wrong this is not another accusation or condemnation i'm not accusing you for having a lack of peace or joy in your life I'm just telling you that don't try to serve God before you find yourself in this place of peace and joy. And I believe that the, the main reason why we don't have much of this peace and joy in our life is because we don't get this third word, righteousness. Righteousness. What is the lack of peace? Anxiety. 
What is the lack of joy? Well, the extreme lack of joy is depression. And unfortunately, I'm like, I don't know about you, but I'm familiar with both of these things. Not good. Not cool. Listen, to have a desire to live in peace and joy is not selfish. According to this passage, God wants you to, to have peace and joy more than you want it for yourself. God wants, wants you to have peace and joy more than you want it for yourself. Because that's how God makes himself real to other people through you. There's a huge blockage for God's reality and his spirit to move through you if you're anxious and depressed. You need to be set free from anxiety and depression. But peace and joy are not the main words in this verse. The word righteousness is the key word, I believe. So today, try to push this reset button in your head. Try not to dismiss this word as just a theological word. Try to open yourself up and say, hey, Dennis, help me to understand how is it relevant to me? How is this thing that the Bible calls righteousness is relevant to me personally, to Dennis, to Penny, to Neil, to Linda? How is this word righteousness is applicable to us? The word, this word is foundational. Righteousness is the foundation of your peace and joy. It is absolutely impossible to live a truthful, fruitful Christian life and serve God without understanding the matter of righteousness in your life. So what is righteousness? What is this quality? What is it about? Well, first, a simple answer. It, it simply means to be right, to be proper, to be correct, to have the right standing in relation to something else. For something to be righteous means to be exactly what it should be and how it should be and when it should be. You know, when something ha just has to be so and it just so, that's righteous. You understand that? That's proper. Something is supposed to be and it is this way. The scripture speaks of righteousness first in relation to God and then in relation to us. In relation to us, Let me see, I lost myself here. Well, in I'll speak in my own words. I'll forget about my script. It's way better to talk to you like that. So in relation to God, it means he's perfect. Like whatever he does, he does it perfectly. It's just right. It's just the way it should be. It's, you can't really deduct anything from that. You can't really add anything to that. Whatever God thinks, whatever God plans, whatever God executes, whatever God speaks, whatever God does is just right. It's just perfect. That's uh, righteousness in relation to him, basically being perfect. Here's the righteousness in relation to us. The righteousness in relation to us is, means that we are in full accordance with him. We match him. We, we just, we fit. We are fit to be in line with whatever he is and he is doing. Does this make sense what I'm saying? That's what righteous is. And the opposite of that is unrighteous. Unrighteousness basically means misfit, missing. Just mismatch basically. That's a good word. Mismatch, misfit, uh, being in dissonance, in discord, in, uh, not in harmony not matching not fitting god it's like god is a square and you are a whole or something like that you see being righteousness for us in relation to god means 
we're like we're total match. We're perfect match. We're like a tongue and a groove, or a hand and a glove, or a fish and water, or an air and lungs. You see, that's what we're supposed to be. But we find the reality that we are we are not righteous at all. We are unrighteous. It's the opposite of this. It's a failure to match, to correspond, to resonate with God. It's a disconnect. It's a discord. It's a disharmony. Well, first people, Adam and Eve, they have fallen. And as a result, we have inherited. We have inherited unrighteous condition. We are unrighteous when we are born into this world. We are ultimate failure to match God, to to. to, to to be in line, to be in accordance with God. And here, here it began, the, the search, the quest for restoration of this righteousness with God, to feed God again. And I'm telling you, I studied uh, history and I studied culture of different nations and every nation has a peculiar culture, different culture. And every culture is based on religious views, on religion. And religion is nothing else, is human attempts to restore the righteousness to to God before God the right standing before God it's a promise every religion promises you hey we know the way how you can get out of the state of mismatch into back into the state of total perfect harmony and accordance with God every religion promises you that and every and every religion failed miserably all right. I don't know whether like you're getting anything or not. Am I? Am I? All right. Okay. So, all right. I'll try. I'll try my best, man. So thus began the quest for restoration. So today I want to, to, to say a few words about righteousness. And the first thing you need to understand that there are two kinds of righteousness in the scripture. God's righteousness and our righteousness. God's righteousness is steadfast and unchanging. Our righteousness is constantly fluctuating. Basically, our, our righteousness is our attempts to, and efforts to become righteous again. By the very definition, the best version of our righteousness is unrighteous. We never get to the standard. We never get to this point, right? All right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do something with you today. I don't know what, but I will. Uh, so the scripture finds very strong description of our our righteousness. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 64, 6. We, we have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. Do you see the picture here? I come from a big city of six million people. I lived, most of my life I live in a big city, in every big city of the world. I don't know, probably no exceptions. There are homeless people. And homeless people can walk for months in the same apparel, sometimes years. And whatever they consider to be suitable as clothes for a normal person who lives a civilized life and has some hygiene present in their life, this clothes is so abhorrent that it, if, you're, if, you're, if you're sane, you wouldn't consider it to put on you. You can't actually tolerate being in the presence of this do you know what I'm talking about? I, maybe people in Springfield don't know this. But like, come on, in a big city, 
the, the, the BO is so strong you can't even come close to that person. When this person comes everybody runs. So that's a picture that the Old Testament shows of our attempts, of our righteousness. Whatever forms it shapes it takes. And you know we might think we're doing pretty good every once in a while. But it stinks. It stinks. So that's our righteousness. And also there is God's righteousness, which is steadfast and beautiful and fully matching with God. So that's the image here. That's why, you know, when this person walks in this kind of clothes for months and it stinks, it's beyond repair. It's beyond laundry. You cannot wash it clean anymore. It's, it's disintegrated and it's, it's just horrible. It needs to be replaced. It needs to be taken off. It needs to be destroyed. Another set of apparel needs to be put on this person and that's exactly the picture that God shows in his word he says hey guys I mean you think you're good you're trying to restore your righteousness but it's not gonna work it will never work it stinks it's rotten it's beyond restoration it needs to be replaced replaced with what with my own righteousness with my own perfectness perfectness I don't know how you say that in my own perfect state when you're just right when you're just perfect there's nothing wrong there's nothing off there is nothing in dissonance in discordance it's all full match with God that's the righteousness of God and here's the good news that's the righteousness that is given to us in Jesus Christ Jesus has done it all he brought us God's righteousness and I want you to know that you need to get rid of whatever residuals of your own righteousness that you still have and I, I, I I'm telling you trust me you still have residual pieces of that stinky clothes in you that you're trying to hang on to get rid of it you might think it's wonderful. It may be your prayers. It may be your, your doing good things to people. It may be your involvement in the church. But if you take it as your means of matching yourself with God, it stings. The only thing that doesn't sting is the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Jesus himself smells good to God. And he's the only one that, is, that makes you acceptable to God. But the way he makes you acceptable to God, I want you to understand that like it's a gift. It is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't pay for it. You can't work for it. You can't do anything to get it. The only thing you can do is to receive it as a free gift of God's grace. Can I hear an amen to that? All right, so let me read this scripture to you. Romans 3, 21 through 26. The whole book of Romans is the, 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 the generally speaking, it's, it's a revelation of God's justice being manifested and being applied to you in Jesus Christ. That's what the book of Romans is. So chapter 3, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested. Listen, apart from the law. The law represents your efforts. The law represents what you do for God. But he says here that the true righteousness of God is manifested now apart from the law. Law has nothing to do with this. What you do 
your efforts, your works have nothing to do with God's righteousness in your life. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned. Listen to that. All have sinned. All, all people stink in their righteousness. They all have sinned. They, fall they fell short of the glory of God. And now, without no exception, they all are justified by His grace. As a gift. As a gift. Justified by God as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness. It's not your righteousness, it's God's righteousness. Because in His divine forbearance, He had passed over former sins. And again, in verse 26, He says, It was to show His righteousness at the present time, so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, oh my goodness, guys, this is an amazing news. You don't need to hold on to your righteousness anymore. In fact, you need to get rid of your righteousness. You need to fully receive and accept and apply to yourself God's righteousness that is found in Christ Jesus through His blood. And you do it by faith as a gift. The gift, the gift, free gift. You can't earn it you can't deserve it you can't work for it you know we, we we just we just had christmas and christmas means what gifts a lot of gifts and i i messed up royally i procrastinated for too long and i didn't have a good gift for my wife and uh, and then boom this idea comes to me oh she's starting a school and she doesn't have a computer i want to go and get her computer and then i said lord what kind of computer shall i get her she's not like a tech savvy he, she doesn't know she doesn't need all these uh, how do you call it blows and whistles or whatever like yeah uh, she probably can you know get by by cheaper and the Lord said as you want people to do with you do it to themselves to them I said oh oh that means she's supposed to have a computer no less than mine She's supposed to have a better computer. So I'm frantically trying. There are like two or two days left to Christmas. How in the world am I going to get a, come up with a computer that is better than mine, but I can't afford it somehow. So ah, I'm doing, I'm trying. So finally, it wasn't there under the tree, but after everybody unwrapped the tree, I went to make a tree. I did the transaction. I brought her computer, and it was beautiful. It's, I love that computer. It's beautiful. And she probably doesn't appreciate it yet because she's not technical savvy, you know. But I, 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 I'm happy with myself for this gift. <laughs> but, <laughs> seriously, because the Lord told me it's got to be no less than yours. And I did it. It's wonderful. So, but would it be weird if like she really begins to appreciate and she says, oh, this is so wonderful. I'm so grateful. I'm so, I would say, I'm so glad you like it. By the way, it cost me so much money. So I, I, I expect the incremental payments to start coming in January to me. Wouldn't that destroy the very concept of what gift is? Listen, that's your righteousness, dude. I mean, so many preachers, oh, they love this guilt feeling. They love to control you and manipulate you by guilt. They say, Jesus died for you and you're a piece of whatever. 
You're still like living for yourself. How dare you? And they try to make you pay back. Oh, I want to slap these people. In. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Because that's not the gospel. The gospel is a gift. You know, she can hammer the nails with this computer if she wants to because it's a gift. I give it to her. It'll make me sad. I would think it's dumb, but like it's a gift. So this is the thing. The most precious things about the gospel, it's a gift of God's grace to you. And the righteousness, which is being right with God, having a right standing with God, having nothing against you in God's eyes, this is the gift of God's grace for you. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. We need to learn to receive this as a gift. I'll read it again, Romans 3, 23, 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All, there's no exception. And are justified by grace as gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Listen to this, Romans 5, 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace which is God's kindness, God's favor, God's loving kindness, abundance of it, who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. What righteousness? God's righteousness. Jesus said, unless your righteousness supersedes the righteousness of Pharisees, you cannot enter into the kingdom. Pharisees were the best, the top, the best in the works of righteousness. He says, that stinks compared to God's righteousness. And now God's righteousness has been, has been made available to us in Christ Jesus. So you receive Jesus, you receive God's righteousness. You receive Jesus by faith. You receive the right standing with God. When God looks at you, he has nothing bad to tell you about you. Do you understand that? I know this sister in, in Ukraine, and she told me how her spiritual transformation began. For years, she's been part of the church, and she's been working hard. And one time, a preacher came from America, and he was preaching and ministering. And, she ca and he came to her, and he said, Sister, you don't need to change. You're just perfect the way you are right now. And she was shocked. I mean, you would, some of you think that's a heresy. We all need change. We all do. Don't worry about it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the standing with God. And she said, Be before that moment, self-loathing, self-deprecation was my daily bread. And I thought it's being spiritual. For the first time in my life, I began to dare to believe that God enjoys me. Dude, this is going to change your life. I'm so glad you found this church because in this church, Neil and I, we're trying to instill it in you and in ourselves. Because those shreds of religion is still in us. They're hanging. You know, if I can come today and can start slapping you and putting guilt on you and you would start receiving that. Because there's still so much in us that resonates with this guilt thing. We need transformation. We need to walk on this earth just Jesus as Jesus walked. Here's the litmus test for you. Can you say without being afraid that you're blaspheming that I am as righteous as Jesus Christ? 
that's what you should be able to say. Because that's exactly the, the righteousness that was given to you. You have the righteousness of God. In fact, you become the righteousness of God. Because Jesus took upon himself all the crookedness, all the unrighteousness, all the, all the deprivation, anything that is wrong with you, anything that can be blamed or condemned or accused. He took it upon himself. He absorbed it and he, he took all the pain of those things. So you have no right to carry them today. Do you understand that? That's why there is hope, legitimate hope, to learn to live in a way that our life is marked with peace and joy. And that's how we serve God. We are disqualified if we don't learn to receive that and to walk in it. And to have peace and joy, once again, I say you need to learn, appreciate, and apply to yourself the gift of God's righteousness. Jesus was praying in a way that he did because he was totally righteous, 100% righteous. And you can pray and you can talk to God and you can command things to change in this world in the same way because you have the same righteousness. All right? So I want you to know that it's God's righteousness that you have it. And another thing I want you to understand that you already have it. It doesn't come in increments. It, it's, it's all or nothing. You're either unrighteous right now or you're righteous right now. If you have Jesus, if you have said, if you have said yes to Jesus, if you received him by faith, you are righteous right now. If you, haven't, if you haven't done it, you are unrighteous right now. It's a matter of that of a change, that quick of a change. You are righteous. You have already got it. You have it. You, have, you already have it. Hey, come on. You already have it. You have the righteousness of God. It doesn't come in increments. It, yes. It's like death. It's like life. It's like pregnancy. You can't be 10% pregnant. It's either there or it's not. And it's there because of Jesus. So you already have it. Listen to this. Romans 5, 5. I probably didn't give it to you. Sorry. I'll just read it. Therefore, since, listen to the tense that is used here as far as time is concerned. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have, we have, we have been justified by faith. Because of this, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand now and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have peace and we have joy and we already have it. Don't look for it. You're like an old lady who is looking for her glasses and they're all along on her forehead. You already have it. You already have it. All right? That's a great news, guys. That's a great news. And here's the, here's the most important thing that I want you to understand today so that you can apply it to your life. You can exercise God's righteousness. You can begin to experience this peace with God, you know, this joy that comes from hope. You know, 
I don't know. I never had like a grandma in my life. But I, I have this imaginary picture of an ideal grandma. And grandma is someone who always comes with a gift to their grandkids kids right or most of the times and those kids they learn it early in life and they're like oh we're going to grandma you know what I'm so excited why because grandma is going to give me something isn't that true so that's anticipation of something good coming from someone who is good to you most of the times or all the time so that's your anticipation every time you expect something you, you, you think of God oh something's good is coming because my God is good to me he has nothing bad against me because of Jesus. Because I dumped my righteousness and I fully accepted and received his righteousness. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing that I want you to understand. You cannot have God's righteousness without forfeiting your righteousness. I'll say it again. You cannot have experientially God's righteousness in your life if you don't fully forfeit your righteousness. Romans 10, 1 through 3. Brothers, as Paul's heart's anguish that he expresses about his brothers, Israelites, Jewish people. He says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, for Jewish people, is that they may be saved. For I bear witness, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. What does it mean to have a zeal for God? It's to put all of your effort to try to establish your righteousness with Him. To try to become righteous with God. He says they're zealous. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God, seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes so you see the problem of those people that Paul had so much sympathy with they were so zealous for God they really wanted to be righteous but they didn't understand God's righteousness and they they still tried to enhance and renovate and restore and uh, re-establish their own righteousness and because of that they couldn't get God's righteousness applied to them and unfortunately that's the condition of many churches today you come and you listen to those preachers and that's exactly what they're doing they're trying to make you zealots for God I remember the time when my soul, when I was a young boy, a teenager, resounded with this big yes and amen to preaching when somebody would call me to pay the price and to clean my life and to become the best version of Christian for Jesus and this and that. And it, it felt so right and felt so good, but I didn't know that actually I did not understand God's righteousness. I did not understand Jesus. I understood me, 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 me and God. And it was a way into the ditch. A friend of mine, he told me, and you know, a lot of young people, they hear those messages and they get infatuated not with Jesus, not with God, but with their love affair with God. They love the idea of being in love with God. And that's not good, guys. Doesn't make sense what I'm just saying. 
So when you are in love, you're not in love with you being in love with someone else. You're not narcissistic, picture-taking, Facebook posting dude that does it all the time to impress people how much you are in love and you love the idea and you find a good soundtrack to your life and you're watching your movie about yourself. It's all about you, dude. This is crap. This is like spiritual pornography. When you love someone, you forget about yourself. You're just like... It's amazing. This person is amazing. Ah, I, I just, ah, I, what? 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 Oh, yeah, I'm late. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I have to go, but I want to be with you. <laughs> so, well, you got it, right? So that's God's righteousness. It's not your love affair with God. It's, it's His love affair with you. It's like, that's not a good word. His love for you captivates you, warms you up, unfolds you, opens you up. So just know that these two righteousness are not compatible. They're incompatible. They can't, they can't coexist. Just 1% of your righteousness, it doesn't leave you with 99% of God's righteousness. It leaves you with 0% of God's righteousness. So how do you know that you truly let go of your righteousness? There's absolutely, here's how you know. <clears throat> There's absolutely nothing you can brag about or take credit for anymore. All right? Nothing. And it's so hard for us to let go of something that gives us a privilege to be a little bit above than others, right? We love to judge others as not as cool as us. In different regards, in different matters, but especially in spiritual things. Like, oh, dude, I pray. I read my Bible. I don't know about you. How long do you pray? Oh, if you think that whatever time you put in your prayer or Bible reading or whatever becomes the basis of your, like, strokes from God, you're so wrong. You stink. Your Bible reading stinks. Your prayers stink. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. I hope so. I hope so. So there's nothing left for you to take a credit for. Romans 3, 27, 28. I don't know. Did I give it this one? Yeah, great. I, I, I'm telling you today too many scriptures. But again, it's all the book of Romans. If you study the book of Romans, it will revolutionize your life. Seriously. By the way, we, we're going to have a study, right, Neil? We're going to have some kind of a school based on the book of Romans, on the key chapters of the book of Romans. I invite you all to become a part of that. Romans 3, 27, 28. Then what becomes of our boasting? If you receive God's righteousness, what becomes of our boasting? <laughs> it is excluded. But what kind of law? The law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified, again, by faith, apart from works of the law. Nothing's left. So, in comparison to other people, you have zero material to judge others. <laughs> Christians? Or non-Christians you have no you have no ground to pass judgment or to be judgmental to anyone let God be judge all right you shut up you enjoy and you be peaceful and let God work through you that's how it works that's the service to God the world needs people full of peace and joy today that's what they need they don't need people with the angry faces and frown on their face and like ooh, big finger up in the sky they need love. They need, they, need, <laughs> they need peaceful and joyous people. All right? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to take you forever. 
So that's all I wanted to tell you guys. Like if you receive Jesus Christ, you're righteous. Let me translate into simple language of today's Ohioans. You are okay with God. God is okay with you. All right? This is, you fit. You're not misfit anymore. You're not mismatched. You have the righteousness of God as a gift. That deprives you of any right to brag about anything in your spiritual walk with God. You can't try to impress yourself or others with anything that you do with God. All that God does in your life, it's His goodness that is manifested through Jesus Christ. All right? But if you have Jesus, here's the good news. You have complete gift of God's righteousness and you already have it. So please just I encourage you. I know I don't believe in uh, New Year resolutions, but 2021 is over. This is our last Sunday. We're entering in 2022. So if you want to be fruitful in, in your walk with God, just do your best to just get rid, get rid of anything that doesn't fit in this verse that we started in the beginning. God's righteousness in your life as the basis peace with God and with everything else and with yourself as a result of that and joy joy as anticipation of good things that are coming from God and it says it's joy in the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit is the very presence the very reality of God in your life that has nothing to do with your external efforts or things on things you do or don't do it has everything to do with Jesus that you said yes to and you continue to say yes as you go through every day of your life thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed this message for more information about our church visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at vineyardnorthridge